It's uh, good to be with you this morning and to share with you. And thanks for Oliver and the team this morning. That was excellent. I thoroughly enjoyed that. That's really done my heart good. And uh, I've not had a particularly good week, I must admit, but uh, that has really encouraged. Thank you for that. We're going to be thinking about on the road to Emmaus this morning. And uh, I was worried that uh, Oliver was going to start taping my sermon, but uh, (laughs) he he didn't go too far. He just got the edges, and I was quite pleased with that. Um, But we'll think a little bit about the road to Emmaus. As Oliver said, we've thought of Easter, and we can all feel low after Easter. It's a time of the Lord Jesus dying there on the cross uh, with those criminals and we can feel that uh, that's the end of the story. And uh, then there was the empty tomb and those disciples go into that tomb and find just the clothing there but they don't find the Lord Jesus And yet we celebrate the Easter day, a great day of victory when we know that the Lord Jesus rose from the dead and how grateful that we could know the Lord Jesus has risen from the dead. But in our text this morning, after that first Easter, there were people that were sad. And it says, he that Jesus asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. And there's many in our world, I think, today that are sad for much the same reason as these disciples. People die and they're sad because they have lost a loved one's when someone is taken from us. It's only natural to feel down. Um, And it's not always easy to get over it and to pass over it. Or maybe we've got problems in life, whether at college or at work, at school, wherever we are. And uh, we feel that these problems are insurmountable. We don't know how we're going to get past these problems and they don't seem to go away. Maybe we think we've got an answer to them, but it doesn't always work out, and soon we feel that we're back to square one. It's interesting that uh, his disciples show that they doubted that he was alive, and yet there were many around of his enemies that actually started to believe, well, surely this was the Lord Jesus. And then we come to the sad Emmaus disciples. They leave Jerusalem and their journey home, they met Jesus. They'd been in Jerusalem and they'd taken in many things on this trip and they were no doubt just buzzing with what had gone on all the things that had taken place, but they weren't sure exactly what was going on. And uh, they move from Jerusalem, and they go in a northwesterly direction up to 
Emmaus. And uh, it's about midday or afternoon on Easter Sunday. And the road wasn't uh, tarmacked like uh, we would enjoy. It was no doubt a dirt track. And it couldn't have been very pleasant to walk seven miles or 11 kilometres or whatever um, in a northwesterly direction. It was a distance that they travelled and possibly a two-hour walk um, if they were quite fit and healthy. But they didn't recognise Jesus and they began to tell him their troubles as he came along, as they walked on this journey. And uh, we read in verses 15 and 16, as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognising them. Jesus was there, meeting their needs where they were, and yet he, they weren't seeing him as he tru- truly uh, was. But Jesus doesn't let on what has happened. So what do they quickly do? They outpour themselves. They share everything that's upon themselves with Jesus. And surely there's times when people around us want to outpour what's on their hearts, their concerns, their feelings. And I'll question, are we there ready to listen to them? Or are we so busy with organising ourselves? Let us travel with Jesus and these discouraged disciples. Only two of them that we learn about And verse 18 says, one of them was Cleopas, only mentioned in these verses in the Bible. And we have no indication who the other uh, disciple was. We're only told about the road to Emmaus in this gospel in detail. Although if we look in Mark, in verses 12 and 13 it says afterwards Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country these returned and reported it to the rest but they did not believe them either we have a number of resurrection appearances told to us in scripture maybe we can think of Mary at the tomb when the Lord Jesus spoke to her. Maybe it was Peter in Jerusalem to the ten disciples in the upper room at at the ascension on the Mount of Olives. All different times and there were many others uh, that we could go on and remember. But as they came together, Jesus journeyed with them and mended their broken hearts. They were certainly sad by the events that they recently had. I'm not sure that you all know who this is and why this was uh, the advert, but we did have an advert years ago 
uh, for BT, the popular BT advert. It's good to talk and Maureen Lipman was one of the uh, people that brought it and the other one was Bob Hoskins. It was good to get things off of one's chest, to share things with somebody else. And so these people, these two disciples, they shared the event with the Lord Jesus. And in their sadness, Jesus draws near to them. Their conversation reveals broken hearts. Verse 19, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. If we go back just over a week, we remember the Lord Jesus had entered Jerusalem and uh, there was a day of triumph. People were bringing their coats, they were bringing their palm leaves and they were remembering Jesus and they were really stirred there. And it says, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Some had seen the truth. They'd realised that this Lord Jesus, this one that had come into the world, was somebody different. But if we go on a couple of verses, we come to the word, but. How disappointing to have a but in the sentence. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. They were looking for Jesus to set the Jewish nation free uh, from bondage to Rome. And they wanted him to usher in the kingdom of God. And so their discouraged hearts are broken hearts. They weren't in one piece. They felt isolated. They felt dejected and deflated. And their excitement of being with Jesus is now gone. Their depressed hearts are broken hearts. How we can rely on those around us. And if they're taken from us, we can become depressed and lonely. Resigned hearts are also broken hearts when we have to get by on our own, when someone's taken from us. But our Jesus, as he comes alongside these two disciples, he walks with them and he mends their hearts. He brings their hearts. They begin to eventually recognise him, although not initially. And it's always good to have someone walking along with us. Maybe a friend, a family member, a carer, helper, whoever it is. It's good that we can share one with one another. And secondly, he asked them, what's wrong? He wasn't taking anything for granted. He wanted to hear from them. And uh, he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. 
what a good place to start. They felt dejected and now Jesus was there to help them while they were feeling downcast. Maybe somebody close to us knows when we're dejected, when we're downcast, when we're not our bubbly self or we go into our shell. But they're there to help us. And then thirdly, Jesus draws their hurts out of them. He says, what things? Why are you so concerned? What are you worried about? And they then outpour themselves. And Jesus is surely the healer of broken hearts. Many people came to the Lord Jesus while he was here on earth. They came with many problems and difficulties. They came with many questions for him. Maybe they'd looked elsewhere and hadn't been satisfied. But when they came to the Lord Jesus, he was there ready to help them. Jesus then goes on to help their backslidden lives. They'd once believed fully that Jesus was the Son of God, that he'd come to the world for a purpose and now they were doubting. They'd expected miracles and now they were beginning to doubt the resurrection. No doubt they'd been close with Jesus, they'd seen what he could do. He could change lives and his healing touch made a difference to many. But they were slow of heart to believe. It says, he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Once they dared to proclaim the Lord Jesus, now they became very doubtful. Once they'd expected redemption, now they begin to retreat. Once they were thrilled with their finding of the Lord Jesus, now they're a bit chilled, they're a bit unsure of the way forward. But Jesus came and restored their backslidden hearts. And in verse 27, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Jesus goes through the Old Testament scriptures. What a Bible study that must have been. Um, we, we look at passages of scripture, we learn things, but to have Jesus there explaining the scriptures, going through it, and taking time with them. And they saw how these scriptures came to life. Maybe they looked at Isaiah 7.14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and you will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Please see who, who can guess the next error. Uh, Isaiah 9.6 For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. 
and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Maybe he went to Isaiah 53. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Sorry, I'm not uh, doing two things. I'm not a woman. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Or Malachi 3 verse 1 See, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. Faith is restored by taking in and applying what the Bible has to teach us. And we learn by reading the scriptures day by day. Verses for all sorts of occasions. I know in the Gideon's Bible, in the front of the Gideon's Bible, they've got different verses for different occasions to help us, to encourage us, to bless us. Then Jesus sets their hearts on fire. They weren't just ordinary hearts. It says, were not our hearts burning within us? I wonder how often our hearts are burning. How keen we are to serve the Lord, to do his work and to serve him. And while he talked with them, by the way, he opened up those scriptures and helped them and why their eyes were opened and eventually when they broke bread they recognised him. They saw his fellowship and Bible study. They had the breaking of bread. They saw his pierced hands. But how we need to have burning hearts amongst those around us. But what did those burning hearts do for these disciples? It made them change direction. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together. They went looking for other Christians. They went looking for others that they'd been with to meet with them and to share with them. It made them a blessing to others. They could say, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognised by them when they broke the bread. What a change in their lives. What a change in their outlook. I wonder if we let God set our hearts on fire. We read in Acts 2 about the Holy Spirit coming at Pentecost. 
sorry. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly the sound, like a blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each of them heard them speaking in his own language. What a scene that must have been. What an opportunity of, uh, to share with those around them. They were given these tongues of fire upon them. And how we need to see revival in our own country. Revival happens when God's people are prepared. It happens when we're ready for it with tender hearts and humble spirits. Often it begins with people coming under deep conviction and crying out in confession and repentance for their sins. Revival comes when there's an atmosphere of prayer. May we be prepared to walk close with the Lord. May we be prepared to let him speak through his word. May we be prepared to listen and not do all the talking when we pray to him. May it not be us, 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 but may it be the Lord speaking to us. And so may the Lord direct us in our lives as he changed these two men just on a normal trip, on a normal journey. Their lives were changed forever. May the Lord change our lives and may we be prepared to follow him and serve him day by day. Thank you.